0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Mythwits, the show dedicated to all things geek pop culture, drenched in absurdity, and coated with sarcasm. Every week, we bring on an industry guest to talk about the ever-expanding Geekoverse, or maybe bugs. We do our damnedest to be funny, but there are no guarantees. I'm your host, Peter Bryant, and joining me on this episode is my co-host, Mike TotalCon Cafis
1: I don't care how small it is, a jumping spider can kill.
2: That's right. not true. That's not this, true at all. And not this <laughs> I mean, don't maybe me. Fly, maybe?
0: Hashtag don't place. And on this episode, <laughs> we are talking with Nancy. Watch me butcher this
2: Mirelli. Miarelli, so Mirelli.
0: Close. Oh close. sorry. Uh Nancy Mirelli is an entomologist and self-proclaimed bug lover living in Quito, Quito, Quito. Quito. What's that? Quito, Ecuador. Quito. Oh, that's so cute. Quito, Ecuador. I know. After, after finishing her master's degree in entomology, she promptly adventured to Ecuador where she lived with her head in the clouds for two years, volunteering in the Ecuadorian cloud forest. After that, she decided that teaching unsuspecting tourists the hidden world of insects in this beautiful country that she fell in love with would be her life's work. Now, Nancy has her own tourism business focused on ecology, insects, and conservation within Ecuador's plentiful and breathtaking ecosystems. And she runs Cybugs, which is how I found her.
2: Nancy, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, actually, well, that's a lie. It's not how I found you. It's how I figured out how to or Contact decided me. to bring you back on because because we had you on before with joe ballinger but blah, 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 two three years ago something like that i think it might
2: have been like 2015 yeah could, like
0: that, could yeah. be yeah we're talking yeah, about I, zombie ants
2: we we were yes yeah. and surprisingly that hasn't left my life because everyone is interested about zombie ants
0: yeah it's cool because it's neat it's neat but you're doing some really cool stuff now um, down in Ecuador. So tell me, tell us a little bit about Ecuador. I mean, this seems like a really awesome country.
2: Yes, I love Ecuador. Like all the Ecuadorians ask me, like, what do you love most about Ecuador? And for me, um, so Ecuador is about the size of Colorado. It's a pretty small country, but it has systems and it has so many different eco zones that, like, I'm in Quito right now. I'm at a, about 9,000 feet in my apartment And in an hour and a half, I'll be at 6,000 feet and in the rainforest. And say I go from like dry desert, like dry forest, paramo to cloud forest in an hour and a half. And to me, just the fact that you can do that so easily, you just like get on a bus and all of a sudden you're in the rainforest. It's just absolutely amazing to me. So I think that's my favorite part is just the diversity of ecosystems, which obviously lends itself to the diversity of, of course, insects. Um, And then just being able to bring people around and show them like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the like the mangroves and then we're going to go to the rainforest and then we're going to go to the Amazon and then we're going to go to the cloud forest and then we're going to go to these volcanic lakes and then we're going to go to the paramo all in like six days.
1: (laughs) So what is the temperature where you are at your level now?
2: Um, at night, it drops down to about 45, 50 degrees. And then during the day, it's about like 70 to 75-ish. Wow. Um, so Great it's actually thing. pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like eternal spring all the time. So can
1: you tell me more about a cloud forest? Because uh, <laughs> at first, I, you know, I I have a little kid brain. And so I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, something artsy and, and neat. But I have a, a more... I think I have a better understanding of what it probably is is more so like it's the rainforest and an area on the, in the mountains where it's very cloudy and, and misty. And yeah. Okay.
2: And, and it really does look like something out of a fairy tale. <laughs> There's, um, it's one of my favorite ecosystems at uh, pretty in Ecuador, at least the cloud forest is ranges from about um, like 4,000 ish feet to about 6,000 ish feet. There's a little bit the ones mm-hmm. that are a little bit higher, um, but it's, Uh, defined by the amount of rain it gets but it also is defined by the fact that the clouds literally run into it um so at lower elevations because the clouds are like hit the mountain and get pushed up then like they drop all their rain. Right. And then when you get to the higher cloud forests, where all the clouds have dropped all their rain already, that cloud forest gets its moisture mainly from the clouds themselves. So up there, it's like, you'll be eating breakfast and it's bright and sunny. And then at lunch, you like check your watch and at like one, it starts like the clouds literally start rolling in. you can watch the clouds just literally fly right in front of your face. Wow. And it's just like, I mean, it's like it's fog. I mean, it is fog because it's at 4000 feet, but because it's at 4000 feet, the fog fog is like clouds that people are seeing like, down there.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you want to see some amazing pictures, Definitely. You have to uh, check out Nancy's Instagram because I I just I could like I I literally I was like, I got to get back to work. But I just I'm like scrolling through (laughs) it. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. So that's amazing.
2: like and the pictures don't even do it justice. Like, there's no way to even get like a 360 view of just sunlight clouds and the mountains. That's completely green. And it's like you literally feel like you walked into Lord of the Rings.
0: Wow, that that's really cool. Yeah, when it, we talk about the the clouds coming in like that, when I was I was in Hawaii one time, uh, on Maui, and it has the it has the two mountainous regions, uh, and there's one on the what they call the brown side of the mountain where the the other side's a rainforest. So the you know the wind mm-hmm. comes in, drops all the rain off, and then the other side kind of gets baked. Uh, but you can you can take you can horse horseback ride down into that that because um, it's you know it's a dead volcano. You can mm-hmm. horseback down into ride down into the crater and we were in there and we had our we had our lunch and as we were riding out the clouds if you look back you can see the clouds literally pouring into it like a bowl being filled with cloud oh that's amazing really cool
2: that's amazing. One of the cool things about Ecuador is um and this is what makes it unique actually is like the prevailing winds come from the east to west. So that's why we have the Amazon on the eastern side of the country. But unlike Peru and Chile, we have the Humboldt current runs up the at the western side and that gives us winds that run from west to east as well. So we actually have jungle on both sides of the mountains which a lot of people don't know. They're like, oh, isn't the Western side desert? No, it's not. It's like full tropical lush forest. There's mangroves. Like we have the tallest mangroves in the world here. They're big trees. They're like 120 foot trees are the mangroves. You can like stand on a boardwalk and then like still look up at the prop roots coming down from these mangroves. It's
0: nice. Hey, hey, Jonathan asked. So we got people in the chat room and Jonathan Oh, good. Jonathan asked if they uh, if they shot arachnophobia there.
2: I don't know if they oh, no, shot sorry,
0: arachnophobia. Paul, sorry, it was Paul. Paul Nunes. I'm oh, sorry. Um, go ahead.
2: I'm not, I'm not actually sure if they shot arachnophobia here, to be honest. Okay.
0: I I just. I, but that sounds kind of familiar because there's something about a cave that you, you drop down into this cave. Uh, they found this big open like I don't know. It was like a like a big pit cave thing and there were uh, it's based on you know like it's inspired by something that's real and apparently there were some species down there that don't live anywhere else because they've been isolated from the rest of the world for however long Uh, Hmm. um, but whatever yeah Uh, anyway so so you do a lot of conservation work
2: yeah so that's basically my focus with these tours is talking about conservation issues and not only like national parks but also um like individual conservation efforts. Oh, so there's a lot of private reserves here. There's a lot of people who are just like, wow, like on the coast, for example, I love bringing people down to the coast because you can really see, um, not necessarily like the battle, but you can see like the struggle between, hey, these people need to use the land for farming. Like that's where our chocolate comes from. And last time I checked, people like chocolate. Um, and bananas also come from that area. And palm oil also comes from that area. Um, So you can see the struggle of like actually needing to use the land. So that way the people get money and can live and also trying to conserve it. And the coast is 95% deforested. So finding people who are doing these really interesting projects of like sustainable farming or, you know, they have a traditional farm on the first half of their land, but they've, they've preserved the second half just because, you know, they're like, oh, it's actually important that we have monkeys here. So I, I personally love bringing people to the coast for that reason, because all of a sudden these things that we talk about like on social media or in textbooks, isn't, isn't just something that you see on social media or in textbooks. It's something that you're in and you're living and you're thinking about it. And you're like, wow, like these good like, conservation is a problem because it's a complicated issue. Right. If it weren't complicated, it would have been solved already. And <laughs> yeah. I think when you're in it, And you see it and you're like, oh, wow, like these people need this or like there's no trash service down here. You know, we talk about pollution a lot. And um, one of my points, I just did a thing on biotweeps, and I was like, hey, like, you know, when you throw your like imagine if you take your plastic to the beach and then you there's no trash can on the beach to throw it in. And then there's no trash collection at your house either. Like, Hmm. what's the difference between throwing it on the ground and throwing it on the ground at your house and burning it later you know <laughs> so it's these kind of questions that that really make make me very interested in the and in, in like the this situation of conservation and that I hope gives people more like a realistic idea of what conservation is
0: Right. We, we take the, the level of infrastructure that we have in our first world for granted. You know, it's it's easy to say, you should, you know, you should recycle. And, and you know, it's like, well, how are they going to recycle? There's no infrastructure for it.
2: Exactly. Like um, I was doing earthquake relief in Ecuador and I was helping out this small village and I was like, everyone's just throwing their trash in the ground. And then there, I was like, oh, there's no, there's no trash dumpster. Like there's nowhere to even throw the trash. So then I was like, All right, we're going to build a trash dumpster. And I, I went to the president of the of the county, basically, and was like, hey, your trash truck basically like goes up the road. So could it like maybe make a left and just go and like take out the trash here? And we got that to happen. And then like two years later, there was like an overthrow in the government. And then um, the new president of the county decided that trash wasn't important at all and cut it to the entire sector.
1: Oh, my goodness
2: like, what do you do? You know, like, and these are the things that we're up against when huh. we're talking about like ocean pollution and plastic pollution and like that area of conservation. And wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't have good answers.
0: Right. Right.
1: Wow. Thanks. Killjoy. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, but it's, but it's, it's important to talk about it because you know, the, it, there's this other side to those sort of things, you know, it's it's great to talk about conservation, but uh, it's also great to talk about, you know, how do you, how do you help people who would like to do those things, but cannot, how do you get Ex- that exactly.
2: there? Exactly. And, you know, I pose the question to other people, like if you, for instance, what if you didn't have a car um, and you had to collect all your trash of your entire family for the week and then get on the bus for two hours with it to dispose of it properly? Like, would you, or would you just throw it on the ground?
1: Right. That would definitely be something where we would want to have a grassroots thing going on, right? Like <laughs> even from neighborhood to neighborhood, like even just yeah. if you're going to have a trash burning or I mean, whatever you can do to. Whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah wow and i'm um, i'm really good friends with a woman who lives in this area of Mampiche where they don't have uh, regular trash for example and she has all these really cool recycling projects that she does and she tries to involve like the local community with it so that's that's on one of my tours is like hey you know we have this big problem here um but here's one of my friends who's like trying to do this grassroots like recycling stuff
1: so can you tell us a little bit more about the tour itself like what are you doing sure.
2: Uh, Yeah, so they're actually personalized tours. Uh, I do work with a few people and we do like create a customized tour for a specific clientele. But pretty generally, um, people just contact me and are like, hey, I'm interested in visiting Ecuador and I'm not particularly interested in doing the super touristy things and so then I send them a survey like what kind of ecosystems are you interested do you like wildlife tours are you interested in conservation do you want to like nightlife you know whatever Mm -hmm. um and then how long and of course a little bit of a but of a budget right (laughs) so I know what I'm working with and then I like build you a personalized custom tour with me around that um, so, so I like take you basically to the types of ecosystems that you want to go. And it's all under the umbrella of, Hey, I'll talk to you about the conservation, in this area. I'll talk to you about the ecology because the ecology from like the paramount to the mangroves is completely different. Of course, we're going to look for bugs. Um, of course we're just going to look for, uh, like any kind of wildlife we can find. I'm not particularly picky. <laughs> birds are difficult for me, but if you really want to do birds, like I get a bird guide for us. So yeah, it's like completely customizable and that's what i really like about it is that i don't feel like i'm doing the same thing all the time
1: (laughs) Hmm. and this is how you're sustaining your your living down there correct that's Uh very good and and business is good i'm assuming yes (laughs) awesome Awesome. that's really good
0: and so you know um I was looking up I was, I was looking at Ecuador and one of the things I, I saw on it that was really interesting was that we talked about the diversity of it but but to be more specific it is a, uh, I, I saw that it is a what is called a megadiverse uh, yes. country and it's one of there's only 14 megadiverse countries in the world mm-hmm. apparently so can you can you elaborate on what that means to be megadiverse
2: Yeah, so I I think it's in the top five biodiversity hotspots. Um, And it just basically means like per square meter or however they decide to measure it, like how many species can you find in that within different ecosystems? And then like all the countries are rated, basically. Um, I mean, we are particularly fortunate because the cloud forest, for example, is one biodiversity hotspot and the Amazon is another biodiversity hotspot. The cloud forest, I mean, everyone talks about the Amazon. It's a tropical rainforest. Like, of course, it's biodiverse. It's biodiverse. And I think it spreads over nine countries. It's biodiverse in all the nine countries that you find it in. Um, What makes the, the rest of Ecuador particularly interesting for being biodiverse is because we have the Andes that run through. And like I was saying, there's jungle on both sides of the Andes. So, you get very specific species at very specific altitudes. Um, each little mountain, each side of the mountain, each like elevation point at the island of the of the mountain, becomes what we call a biological island where species couldn 't get up or around or over, and so like each little chunk on the mountain basically has species there that you can can 't find anywhere else. Um I think I can't remember the stat the statistic like orchids are also um we're like biodiverse for orchids I think there's oh, 10,000 wow. orchids worldwide I think we have like 4,000
1: That's it. In
2: in Ecuador yeah I can't remember if it's like 15,000 worldwide and 4,000 Ecuador but something like that. That's and weird. some ridiculous amount like over 50% are endemic. Like <laughs> <Wow. laughs> which means that like they're native here and can only be found mm-hmm. in Ecuador.
0: That, yeah. That is wild. Yeah, because you know a lot of times when people think of, of biodiversity, you know, that they think of just the animal life, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and a lot so, of times when they think of the animal life, they leave out the insects, not not thinking, oh yeah. insects are animals too. Right. You know? So
2: here's some um, so here's uh like I'm no I know the butterfly stats better. So there is about twenty thousand butterflies worldwide. There are five thousand species in Ecuador. Um, If you want to talk about birds, there are 10,000 bird species worldwide, 1,500 species in Ecuador and 600 species just in Mindo, which is one town in the cloud forest. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about like mega, (laughs) mega diverse. That's
0: nice. That's really cool. I, I can't even imagine how cool that must be, you know, cuz when I live in Maryland, you know, we drive around, I see like six kinds of birds maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm it's more than that, but but uh, you know, um we don't have a whole lot of like, you know, th- there's almost no diversity here whatsoever. It's it's there's this very small sample size of animals and plants here, and
1: that's it. Mm. So, can yeah. we can we talk climate change and uh oh, yeah. and in your area for Okay. So yeah. <laughs> um first, uh, my first question is, uh, how does um, global climate change kind of affect your region in, in South America and Ecuador in, in specifically and like in with your insect populations?
2: Yeah, actually, I have data specifically for insects. Uh, one day when I was bored, I decided to read like a 200 page book on um, ground beetles living on mountains in Ecuador in Spanish. <laughs> <now>? anyway yeah <laughs> like so, who doesn't? yeah right. i was like someone asked me about beetles on mountains and i was like uh, I, mean, so I found a book
1: <laughs> that tome wasn't on my short list but
2: yeah sure yeah so like i was talking about how ecuador is super biodiverse and there mm-hmm. are some species that you can only find in ecuador um there are some beetles that you can only find on certain volcanoes Like not even in all of Ecuador. It's like this one beetle lives on this one volcano ever. Like that's it, period. Um, And one of them is a volcano that I can actually see from my apartment. It's called Pichincha. You can see it on all sides of Quito if you come visit. And uh, what are the stats on it? Um, So it's a type of ground beetle. It's a flightless ground beetle. It's small, brown, and kind of boring. But uh, over the past 30 years it has been pushed about 400 meters or about 1200 feet up the mountain and there was a there's another ground beetle um i think on Cotopaxi or maybe chimborazo but it has lost 90% of its range in the past 100 years hmm. Um, and that's just because, like, the mountains are getting warmer, and so they just get pushed further and further and further up the mountains. And the the question is, like, when they get to the top, and then it's still too warm. Now what?
1: Right. So, which now, like, you're talking about this one um, beetle population that's right in that one area. I mm-hmm. now, and I'm I'm saying this in a slightly ignorant way, so I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but possibly there's not much uh, of a of an impact on humanity or the world the greater world not that we want to see any you know life obviously die out that said what are um, due to the climate change um, what what kind of things what are going to affect the bug population that is going to affect um, you know humans
2: yeah Um, so just on the ground beetle kind of thing they're actually a really important link in the food chain they're kind of apex predators of for where like for insects and then they're like this missing link, a lot of birds eat them. So if, and there's actually a study on this in the Arctic about climate change, how that's affecting tiger beetles and how that and ground beetles and how that is affecting like food webs, especially birds. Mm-hmm. So they, they are actually more important than you would think for like small little beetles. Right. That being said um, in Ecuador, we're probably going to see pest species uh, like inhabit new areas. So get further up the mountain. So for instance, Mindo is high enough in the cloud forest right now that we don't have tropical diseases in there. So it's really great if people want to see the rainforest, but for whatever reason, can't take malaria meds or don't want to, or like are worried about, um, are worried about insect borne diseases, but still want to see the rainforest, but like, all right, let's go to Mindo. Because we can go there and there are no insect diseases. But as climate change happens and these mountains warm, for example, like those tropical diseases that you would normally find in the coast can cl- start climbing up the mountain. Um, and not only just that, but not even just like mosquitoes and like disease vectors, but also you're going to start seeing um, increased range of pest species on agriculture which, you know, Ecuador is where our coffee, our chocolate, our bananas, and our palm oil comes from, to name a few. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if you like bananas, coffee, or chocolate, or anything that contains palm oil. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? I can take stuff.
0: it all. Just don't take the coffee. Don't, don't take, take the, the
2: coffee. coffee. Yeah. No. <laughs> has some of the best coffee in the world. Um, and, you know, as as temperatures – rise and like these like pest insects are just going to like expand their range basically so
0: so does that, that uh i'm assuming that includes things like uh fungus as well uh, i know that mm-hmm. ban- bananas are having are having a hell of a time. There's a fungus that's going around. It's killing the the popular banana that we eat in America. I mean, I know you you all probably eat. Uh, you probably have the luxury of eating like 50 different but, kinds of bananas. Down we now. do. We get we get one we get one. one crappy yeah. banana. Um, but <laughs> but they're cloned. It's a it's a it's a it's a clone species. So it's a monoculture. If this, yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. This, if this fungus affects one, it can it can it can wipe
2: out the entire species. And that already bananas. happened once. Um, like you know you know how like that yeah. banana flavor. Yeah. It used to, apparently that's what bananas used to taste like, but that one got wiped out by some fungus. And so, or some disease, I think it was a fungus, but it's, a, it's we don't fungus. bananas or fungus. Yeah. <laughs> they said
0: that the, uh, the, what our grandparents, um, our mm-hmm. grandparents ate a different banana than we do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, it's apparently, it was destroyed.
0: It, and apparently it tasted like candy because every candy that tastes like banana tastes like that. But, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But, but as climate change increases as, as the temperature gets, gets, um, warmer, uh, those kind of things can proliferate in areas that they couldn't mm-hmm. before. Right? And they're, they're we're, we're
2: also out. seeing a, a lot in sea level rise. So, um, in one of the towns that I work in actually, um, so in Mampiche, which is a little coastal town on, yeah, a little coastal town, like halfway down the country almost, um, like they've had to build a seawall. If you talk to all the locals, they're like, oh yeah, only like the dumb foreigners buy beachfront land because we all know it's gonna be gone in fifteen years. Like the beach mm. has already disappeared by like hundreds of meters in the past five or ten years. They had to build a wall in the past five or ten years. It got destroyed this year. The wall that they built five year, five or ten years ago got destroyed this year by a high sea event. Um there was like a it wasn't like a tsunami. It was just like an extremely high tide with powerful waves. And it just took down the seawall and like half the coastal towns in the north. Jeez. So sea level rise, too.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's
2: <laughs> all of the things.
1: So oh, yeah. what is the, how does the Ecuadorian government as a country and, and I guess on local levels, how are they what kind of impact uh, well, first of all, what is their stance on it? And then how is that having an impact on what you do and what, you know, mm-hmm. what science and just life can be like?
2: I mean, like politics everywhere, there's like what they say and then <laughs> what ends up happening. Um, so the how let's see how it works, basically, uh, is in a Canton or in a in a region, basically, um, there is the the head government for that area and then each of these little towns will have their own um each of these little towns will have their own what's called the junta which is like their own little local government and some of them are more corrupt than others so one of the reasons why some of the seawalls performed better than others is because the junta who had the money to allocate to the wall did like a half ass job because like we could pay our buddies so i mean Corruption no. is a thing that happens as well.
1: We're not so, supposed to use build and or wall in the in this show anymore. It's a, it's crazy. a it's a it's a trigger. It's a trigger term. Wait, wait, so, uh, we,
0: did we uh, block that on our
2: Twitter feed? Or yeah, Twitter yeah. feed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a seawall. It's to keep the ocean from like destroying yeah. locally.
0: And, and you know we're gonna have them. Oh my God, New York's gonna need one. Yeah, Manhattan's gonna need one big
1: time. They're all there. there's gonna be a, a huge. They, there's, there's gonna be Baltimore a big City. wall around the, the shape of the United States. Yeah, where we live, we you live in a very coastal I, I don't, area.
0: There's there's half of me that thinks they shouldn't build it for Baltimore City, but that's only half of me. <laughs> so just
1: like Brian North Avenue, just, just start buying some it shoreline, shoreline property.
0: Yeah, wash it out. <laughs> this town needs an enema let's stick it right in baltimore no, city no <laughs> no i'm kidding no. i'm kidding i love my city i'm kidding um no but but yeah it, it's that's a, a major issue now um so are you so so david benavides asked a question i want to try and make sure we entertain the, the chat room from time to time he, oh, yeah, he I, this, I, this is a little ways back he said uh, are they still finding new species and i'm going to assume yes it's got to be yes yeah, yeah.
2: We're always funny i have a i have a friend uh she studies spiders. she's the bug girl um and she studies spiders in ecuador she actually she's so cool um she crowdfunded her research which to me is just amazing awesome. so she crowdfunded her research to come down to ecuador to study spiders and you know that's part of what she did she just collected a bunch and is naming new species um yeah man, there's really tons cute. here
1: <laughs> man and uh, uh paul um Paul Nunes, who who's always our little rebel rouser in the uh room, but he actually had one good question after a few <laughs> bad comments. Oh one of the good questions was uh and, and I mean it, it it is, you know, it's one of those uh, fantastic ones. Like what is the largest bug around in your area, in your region?
2: I'll move my head. <laughs> you see this uh, beetle
1: back here? Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, uh, so no. he's not
2: the biggest. Well, she's not. Oh, well, this is a male. He's not the biggest. He is one of the heaviest, though. The female of this species can weigh uh, up to the weight of a female rat, like a female full-grown rat, which is wow. a couple, a pound or two. Yeah. Um, so this is one of the big ones that you can. Oh, find my- this is a Hercules beetle. Actually, you know what? We well, he can just come off the wall. One second. Urgh. Urgh. Anyway, we'll just bring the box closer. Oh nice.
1: my goodness! Oh, look at that! That is awesome. Okay, so I mean, it's head. it's uh it's fascinating. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I love beetles. I I know. Beetles are amazing.
2: Anyway, so um he's one of the largest. This is a male in the box. Uh, the females, pretty sure bigger. They're at least like fatter. Um, these are the males have these like really big horns on them. So. Shove each other around. So here's one. You can find him in the Amazon. Although there's one, there's one species in the Amazon. And there's one species on the coast. I'm not sure if they're this exact same species. I don't know if they're subspecies, but um,
1: yeah. So it reminds me, looking at that, it reminds <laughs> me of these things that we have up in our area, uh, the the uh, Atlantic kind of uh, east eastern region. Um, they're called I think they're called mud daubers. No, not mud because that's a wasp. Yeah, um, mud daubers are. A wasp. So No, th- this is a this is a type of um uh what do you what a uh, uh dragonfly um I guess one of those the uglier version of it or whatever, the the not a larvae, but what is the some of the stages?
2: Uh the nymph, the nion? Mm-hmm. They live underwater. So oh. or are you talking about the Dobson fly, which
1: Yes, I think I, I am, I think yeah. I am. And they, um, it, and they it, have
2: the larvae that like come out of the rivers and I look like they're like these big, long tentacly demon looking things. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they just and, and we have a huge where in, in our area and the kids find them when we go camping. And like we, we used to call it like Mothzilla Mothro because <laughs> it, it has this and they flies and it has this mothy look to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're their are flies are actually a completely different group of insects. Yeah. Uh, but they despite their ferocious look, they eat pollen and nectar well yeah you know does that make you me know, feel it's, better it's funny it does it's it
1: I, I don't want to say it's a false sense of security but it's like you know i eat with my eyes first and that's just not good
2: you know it, i have a so, picture so, of those on my instagram and they're on my face to show you how like not dangerous they are
1: i'm so, glad you did it, that it,
0: it, it's funny because um <laughs> i have this i'm kind of notorious for this fear of spiders like i have this real like mm-hmm. but but i have actually been working on it I have I've been working on it very strongly because I came to the cl- conclusion probably 3 or 4 no nah, maybe four, oh god it's been been about 5 or 6 years now. I was like god, I'm in my 40s. I've never as far as I know have never been bitten by a spider in my entire life.
1: And oh, I've that's been around. A lie. A- you know you've been bitten.
2: No. You probably actually haven't.
0: I probably really? haven't. I, no, I thought that we, Anyway, we Mike, Mike, bit- Mike, I'm on a thought okay. here. Okay. So so I I I because and I was also this this came in conjunction with an article that I read that they said that you know spiders are very unlikely to bite you and many times when you get bit it's bit by something you're probably bit by something else and
2: yeah or you yeah. just scratched open something and it's like a bacterial infection and you didn't realize right.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and the really bad ones, like when they they show those, you see those pictures online of people like their their hands rotting off and stuff. They're like, no spider does that. It might have, could possibly have started as a spider bite, but that is a bacterial infection. And exactly. and I was like, I need to reinvestigate this. So I started like I don't know. I I can now. I don't pick them up with my hands. I still that's that's a bit too far. A bit too far. But I can. I have rescued many spiders. That have gotten like been in my my like in my house or at work, and like there was this big nasty hairy black thing. I mean, he was just he was like frightening looking, and, and it wasn't a he, it was a she because she had a spider thing egg on her back with the. Oh, mm,
2: probably a wolf spider.
0: Yeah, it was. It was a wolf spider. So mm. I took I got a paper plate. And I slid it under her, and I put a cup over her, a big coffee cup over her. I took her outside, and I let her go. And people at work are just like, you're crazy. Why don't you just stomp on that? I'm like, because she's not hurting anybody. She's going to kill all the other insects that I don't like. You know, the yeah, she's going to eat like.
2: cockroaches for you. And they're yeah. um, yeah, they're called wolf spiders because they don't spin webs to capture prey. They just run after them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> on foot. Because that's <laughs> less scary,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> – no, are you the size of a cockroach? Then I wouldn't be afraid. No. They're pretty, they're super docile. Like people pick those up.
0: Not so. me, not me. Not no, that, that's, a mean, bri- that's a bridge too far. I'm, I'm working on it, but that's, that's just a, mm, a little too much.
2: <laughs> I mean, spiders can bite like, if you harass them. So I always advise people that if it can bite you to like not harass it and do exactly what you did. You know, there's a difference between being afraid of something and also like respecting its, an animal space.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I really wish. I mean, I, I I God, I wish I could could do that. I I, I literally have a like this this irrational fear. <laughs> if it's in the house, of like, I, it it's alive, and it found its way in, and it could find its way back. It it must die. Its head must be on a. I know. I, I know. I'm bad. I know, Nancy. I know. I'm so bad. And, and I Nancy, just feel but- like it's – yeah, its you'll, head you'll must be, be on a pike to scare all the other ones away. You know, it's
0: just You'll be you'll be proud of me. I have I have a I have a 10-year-old daughter and we have a rule in our house. I've I've established this rule with her for, for ever since she was younger. And the rule is we never kill anything we don't have to. You Excellent. Got, well, that's we get ants you get ants in the house. I'm sorry. But you gotta kill them. They're a pest. Yeah, they're not just gonna they go will, away. They,
2: they will, especially if they're carpenter ants. They will do damage to your house. Right.
0: So they they gotta go. If it's an infestation of some kind, stink bugs, they they gotta go. Uh, but, they're invasive but if you can,
2: anyway. It's fine. <laughs> right.
0: If you can catch the damn thing and let it outside, then that's that's the better.
1: Yeah. You know what? You know what's funny? My ex-wife was definitely afraid of bats, and we'd get them in the house occasionally. I love bats. And I, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And and I also. Pete, much like what you did, I was able to overcome uh, in a healthy way my fear of snakes. Um, and, you know, as, as long as I know that the snake, the snake has eaten recently, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine, you know, and, and as long as it's OK with, you know, because you can kind of see snakes are a little communicative with, you know, their, their posturing. Um, you know, it's not like they're going to stick their hand up and, and go stop. spiders but.
2: are too, actually. So that's what I always like to tell people. Like spiders actually have behaviors to warn you before they bite you. And like tarantulas have about four or five different behaviors that they'll go through before they even attack. Yeah. So the
0: first thing they do, don't they, they not, maybe not the first thing, but one of the things I know they do, they, they kick those hairs off their legs, right? Yeah.
2: And that's like three down the list. Uh, so the first thing they do is like run away. And the second thing they do if they're cornered is they'll, like, pull all their legs in and yep. try and look as sad as possible. And then <laughs> if you're still, like, harassing it, then it'll, like, throw its legs up and be like, I'm really big. Here are my fangs. Look at my big legs. And then if you're still harassing it, like, at this point, if you're, if you're still harassing it, um, it if, it's an old, if it's a new world spider, so the ones that you can find in the Americas, they'll kick off those hairs and then they'll itch. And if you're like, wow, that wasn't enough, and then you're still poking it, <laughs> then it might bite you. And I'm like, at that point, that's really a you problem and not really a spider problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> I
0: was I was actually playing with one down in – he didn't think it was playing, but I wasn't going to hurt him. Uh, when I was in um, California, 29 – so Palm – I was up at the the military base, 29 Palms, which is above Palm Springs. It's high plains and high plains desert. And they had tarantulas running all over the place. These big fat ones. And, um, I I was, I was messing with one with my boot and the guy's like, you're not allowed to hurt them. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to hurt. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just touching him. He's fine. Right. But he was putting his legs up and he's like, Mm -hmm. he's like at my boot, you know, and then, then I let him, then I left him alone, but I was just like, right,
2: exactly. And that's, and that's exactly what you should do. It's like. They let you know they're over it. The when people get bitten by spiders, it's like it was a spider in their glove, and they actually put their put their glove on, or like they put their shoe on, and there was a, like that was been left in the garage for years, <laughs> and they didn't like flip it over. Yeah. Um, that's usually when people get bitten by spiders. Like, and so most spiders it- don't even see well, so if if they like walk onto you, they don't know what you are. They don't even know that you're something that can hurt them. So they're like, well, this substrate is oddly warm. How weird. And that's it. Like, they it's have no reason nice. to bite you. I, just, yeah. no, I yeah. wonder what it tastes like. No, my,
1: no, my. no. No. Right, so so I'm, I'm glad. It they can
2: already taste you because they have like all the little things around their and fangs. Like, their those feet, are picking right? up like, yeah, those are picking up like, information basically about like how you sound and how you taste so they don't even need to bite you
1: well guess what that 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 segues very well into uh david who asked the question that i was hoping someone would ask uh which is uh what actually he said he's not asking he's saying that he he said jumping spiders are cute you and i were talking about this before and i know that you said that they're like this big
2: Yes, right, they're right. like millimeters. Um, Michael Doe, he does this amazing photography on jumping spiders. Like, that's an Instagram to follow. And there's one of it on a matchstick. And the, the head of the match takes up, like, the whole picture. And there's, like, this little itty-bitty spider on it. Like
1: It's, uh, it's very dangerous. <laughs> Look, hey, what, what is that uh... – that um australian jellyfish that you know is like oh oh, that little dude oh no that's a whole
0: different mike that's a whole different thing yeah uh uh-huh is it (laughs) is it yes is it yes Yes, they have no they have no brain they just yeah and their
2: entire digestive system is like floating around in their tentacles so they have to sting whatever's there spiders are like very deliberate yes in like mm. not you,
1: <laughs> but they are—they are so damn cute. And right, yeah, like, so you said like, this—you said this before, and I think this other people should know this. Like, uh, and is this only the jumping spider, or is this like other spiders? That and, and tell us about the eyes.
2: Yeah, so I think it's only jumping spiders. I think all spiders have this type of a vision, but um, jumping spiders have the most advanced insect or most advanced spider vision with wolf spiders shortly after that so um i know this is exactly true for jumping spiders i'm not sure if it applies to some wolf spiders because again spiders are a little bit outside of my realm (laughs) i mainly deal with six-legged things anyway so jumping spiders um they have their um do you have you guys seen like the lucas animation like lucas the jumping spider oh he has like Mm -hmm. yeah like his eyes are completely wrong. Um, he's adorable, wow. but his eyes are wrong. So um, he doesn't. He won't have irises, but they can move their eyes because uh, their retina is actually cone shaped, and so they can't focus like we can. They can really only focus by literally getting like closer or further away from things, and they also use um, green light to help them focus but so the retina is cone-shaped and when they want to look around they actually have to move the whole retina around and so when the jumping spider is looking straight at you it'll have black eyes and um, this is very easy to tell in, like the translucent jumping mm-hmm. spiders like the green ones or the yellow ones so if he's looking straight at you and um, the eyes are black the big ones in the front the rest of them are just simple light detectors if he's looking somewhere else the Eyes will appear whatever color the rest of the spider is, so either green or yellow, depending on what color your spider is. Um, so you can actually see, like sometimes you can see them like looking up through the top of their head, or like sometimes one eye is looking at you and the other eye is over here looking at something else. So Ooh. it's I, I, I encourage you to get face to face with a very lovely, like the green magnolia jumping spiders, for example, in the states, um, in the eastern United States, you can see that really well with.
0: Yeah, it might get really close. It's a jumping spider, so you can get close. <laughs> And you'll Mm -hmm. know that it could jump.
2: So, yeah, they're they're actually super cute. They're really territorial. So if you try and take a picture of them, they see the reflection in the camera and jump at it like, I don't know, like a cat or a bird or something. So I think that's pretty adorable. All
1: right. So in the (laughs) interest of time, let's quickly uh, cover stink bugs because I heard recently that there was a huge scare and, oh, the polar vortex was eating all of the, you know, killing all of the stink bugs. And as I was doing research for this, I, I read an article that was like, nope, that's not the case. No, not. So.
2: Yeah, not really. Insects have a, a lot of different mechanisms to be ha- to be able to handle cold. And I'm going to start off with saying, like, a lot of our invasives come from Asia. Um, and it's just because Asia and the United States have very similar climate uh, so like the insects that come over can already handle cold, right? Cause they already have to deal with snow and stuff, um, and low freezing temperatures. That's why, um, a lot of invasives from like South America, for example, don't make it much further than Florida because all of a sudden they freeze to death. So if your invasives are coming from somewhere like Asia, um, they actually can for the most part handle snow and cold and insects have a variety of different ways to be able to do that as mm-hmm. uh, so the polar vortex is not going to really kill kill the insects not like really. <laughs> unfortunately i mean damn <laughs> yeah damn it um there's anything thing. wrong with that but right uh, you at, know. At most it may reduce their population a little bit but probably not enough to notice is again, since they're invasive species. So even if like most of them survive, they still are producing offspring at an, at like an exponential rate.
1: Now, Paul's asking a question, which is uh, related to what my mom and I were talking about um, today. Yeah. And she's watching the show too. And she said that she was like, "Oh, when, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, hello from Ecuador mom. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and when she said, when she was a little girl, she, her, she would always take bugs from outside. She was actually a very, um loved and was into bugs Uh, what happened to you I I I don't know I (laughs) it didn't translate I'll tell you that but so she would her parents would always find my grandparents would always find uh bugs in the freezer because she'd go in and freeze them and so Paul's asking like don't bugs have antifreeze in their systems to prevent them from freezing so um
2: so um what it's so complicated. All right. So when you find an insect during like the summer, which is probably when you're finding them, mm-hmm. um, d- they will get different signals from light and temperature. And this slow change in light and temperature will tell the insects that it's time to go into diapause, which is basically like hibernation. Mm-hmm. And different insects go into this stage at, or go into this state at different stages. Some do it as eggs, some do it as larvae, some do it as pupa, and some do it as adults. Um, and so... Uh, first of all, if she is collecting an adult that normally diapauses as a pupa, like it'll die. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, it's that slow gradual change, which triggers the production of these proteins. So p- taking it out of a summer day that's 90 degrees and throwing it in your freezer will kill it. However, uh, I always advise that if you use your freezer, you should leave them in there for a good week or so um, because there are some particularly like large, hardy insects, uh, like mantises, for example, and some moths, that if you leave them in for only 24 hours, they will wake up afterwards. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, and she, that's what she
1: said. She said yeah. she pulled them out the next day and she was fascinated with yeah. them coming out, you know, of their torpor and, mm-hmm. and flying away.
2: Yeah, exactly. So if you want to freeze your insects, then you either and you want to freeze them fast and you need a minus 20 freezer, minus 20 degree centigrade freezer. Uh, otherwise, in your regular freezer, you should wait a good week before yeah. you take them out.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, she probably had a really low grade, you know. 1950s type freezer. (laughs) Freezer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was a glorified refrigerator. (laughs) I
1: think that possibly is where I got you know the incentive to kill bugs. Is my that's the part that my mother. You you open
2: up the freezer, like why is there a (laughs) moth flying at me? I only wanted ice cream. What is happening?
0: All right, so real quick, because we, we're 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 going to be running out of time really quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I have I have one bug that I want to mention that that you apparently they have in Ecuador in, in abundance because when I pulled it up on Wikipedia, it was one of the one of the ones I saw, uh, or maybe not Wikipedia. One of the sites talking about bugs in Ecuador, and it's the uh, assassin bugs or um, sometimes yeah. the wheel bugs. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Yes,
0: Mike these are essentially flying spiders just so you know Nancy go ahead tell me about the uh, flying spiders Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. spiders. (laughs) assassin bugs are actually an entire family they're one of the most diverse families of insects and in in that um, so they are what's called a true bug which is the worst common name but true bug in entomology actually specifically refers to a a order a suborder of insects Um, and basically they're characterized is they have like the first half of their wing is hardened into like a leathery state and then the other half is membranous and then they have this long beak which uh isn't called a proboscis because it's its own evolutionarily derived things of course it's biology so we have to give it its own name so it's a beak um but that's how these assassin bugs do um, they're assassinating. <laughs> so a lot of them have elongated forelegs, like mantises. Not exa- not as exaggerated as a mantis, but they'll be a little bit longer. And they'll like sit and wait for something to come by, and they'll and they'll grab it out of the air, and then they stab it with their liquidy with their mouth part, and they spit digestive enzymes into their prey, uh, and it liquefies, and then they slurp it back up like a slurpee. That's so uh, that's,
1: Brund- that's Brundlefly right there. Yeah. <laughs> so you ever so- seen that movie The Fly? Has hmm? she ever seen it? Did you ever see the movie The Fly?
2: I did actually. Okay, yes. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was gonna say because they're and apparently they're they're fairly aggressive. So if you mess with them, they will. But apparently they'll bite you. From what I read, from whatever I, I don't
2: know. Yeah, I mean, it, who are you reading this from, like, entomologists? Like, if you pick it up and you, like, close your hands around it like this, like, yeah, it'll get scared and it'll bite you. Again, I have one of those on my face to show you that if you treat it with care, then, like, it's not going to bite you. And it's a wheelbar. It's like one of the... And the reason why they like. hurt so much <laughs> is because of that digestive enzyme that they have in their venom.
1: Shannon's um, asking, are they venomous?
2: They yeah. are, well yes. yeah. Well, well, I mean, technically, yeah, I'd say they're venomous. It's a digestive spit that they excrete through so, an injection method. So yes, you'll get <laughs> and
1: it right. what would that do to my hand?
2: It would just hurt. It so the worst thing about them, really, uh, is because it's like a digestive enzyme. Um, you don't really bleed, so right. it hurts. Like it hurts like fuck. Basically, there's no other way to describe it because I've been bitten by like a couple of them. It hurts so bad and you have nothing to show for it. No bump, no like bleeding flesh wound, no like scab, nothing. You're like, this hurts. And everyone's like, there's nothing there. You're oh, like, no, no. <laughs> I'm like dying. It really hurts. That's yeah, awesome. if you talk to anyone, everyone says that they're true bugs. Everyone says they they hurt so bad. Yeah. God,
1: who, who's the guy that gets bitten by all the bugs all over the world? What is his um,
2: name? His name is Justin Smith. Yeah. And I have his book. It's he's really the good. guy that stuck his hand in the glove
0: with the bullet ants like the yeah. natives do and yeah uh, yeah
2: uh, lovingly uh, described it <laughs> yes he's was... the best thing about bullet ants is that there's no venom and there's really no danger to you other than it really hurts so if you get uh stung by it's actually a sting it's, it's a on a bite sting, you you're right you're right Sorry, um in like the Amazon, for example, like after all like all the locals are like, uh huh, that sucks. <laughs> and then there's like nothing that they can do because you're like two hours up the Amazon River or the Napo River. And they're like, Well, here's some Advil. Hmm. It's gonna it's gonna kind of suck for the next twenty four have- to forty eight hours. Oh my
0: god, twenty four to forty eight hours. <laughs> yeah. mm. oh. Oh.
2: All right,
1: on that right. note, uh Pete. Yeah. Are we going to play a game? We are oh, no. Going, we are going to <laughs> play a game. I'm trying to
2: stall, stall. Stall, stall,
0: <laughs> No, it's going to be a fun game. And, and and Nancy, you after talking to you for some time now, uh, you def- Mike, I'm sorry. She's going uh, to have the advantage yeah. in a big
1: way. That's really how that works, isn't it, bud? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah right, thanks so let's
0: there. Out, Mike, let's, let's give out some links real quick just in case. So um, make sure to go to uh, cybugs.info. Real simple. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. uh, Nancy's website. Uh, you can find her at uh, uh, on Twitter at Cybugs. And, also and you're Facebook. at Cybugs
1: on I, on Instagram as well, right?
2: I'm actually just okay. at Cybugs. But I Cy. think okay. um, if you look up Cybugs, I pop up anyway. So, okay. yeah. And then on Facebook, my actual Facebook page is also Cybugs. So I have like, and my YouTube is also Cybugs. Cybugs. So yes. I've like slurped oh. up all of the things.
0: Oh, b- before yeah, I, she also sells merchandise. She sells really cool jewelry, like bug bug jewelry, bug. Um, yeah,
2: beautiful jewelry. Mm-hmm. yeah beautiful so it's jewelry. it's on pause for the next month because my friend who helps me do all my shipping is current is in Costa Rica. She's in Panama, Costa Rica, and came in uh, this this time abroad. So check back in a month and then <laughs> ship things out again.
1: Could I get an assassin bug?
2: Yeah. What do you say?
1: Could I get an assassin bug?
2: I uh, uh, you can't actually you get beetles it's beetle beetle jewelry I want an assassin
1: jewelry I was gonna send it to Pete
2: oh. <laughs> not, okay. a living one, not a living one I'm not
1: not that bad
2: you can get one off a of bioquip I'm sure huh. if you want like a dead bug on your wall or okay. to send to your friends because nice. <laughs> nothing's love Got like the preserved people. insects
1: oh Pete has sent me worse <laughs> okay all right here
0: here we go all right, everybody, it's game time with the Mythwits. I'll be your game master this week, and we are playing the Creepy Crawly Challenge. I'm going to give you a name, and you must tell me if it's a real bug or if it's something that I either made up or got from somewhere else.
2: Oh, boy. All right.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is a fun one. Um, I was going to do sound effects, but, God, it is so hard because I know... I know there's like bugs that sound like machines and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to download some sounds of machines and some bugs and drive you all nuts with that. But uh, it was too much of a it was it was really too much of a dig to find all that. So I um, I found some really cool, interesting names for bugs uh, and I threw in some fake ones. So I made up some ones that, uh, you know, who I, th- I thought kind of sound like these weird bug names. So we are gonna go uh, um oh wait a minute. I gotta change the names here, Mike. Um, I just did, I just did. Oh, I did just changed. Yep. Okay. All right. Um did you did you change the other one? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry folks. Okay. So um so we're gonna do uh Mike, I do you, you wanna go first or you want Nancy go
1: first? Uh, well, uh yeah <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'll I'm, go first. You want to go first? Will it matter? Will I lose any worse or better?
0: I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Let's All see, right, Mike. Yeah. Mike, your uh, <laughs> your first uh, bug or 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 not a bug uh, is uh, Villa Manili Man, 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 Manilier Villa Manilier, kind of like Millie Vanilli.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. OK. Yeah. So, you know, see, Nancy, at least when I do it, I'll at least find some somebody who's fed a bunch of bugs into like a, um, a learning. Um, what do you call those neural networks, you know, who it, a computer made them up. So you
2: uh, subject a bot to like 10,000 yeah. hours of bug yeah. names and see what it comes out with. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Um, all right. I'm going to say that that is not a bug name. That is uh, that is not a creepy crawly.
0: That is something I made up.
1: That's what I'm saying. Or,
0: or, or somebody made hey, up, right?
1: Girl, you know it's true. Okay.
0: Well, Mike. Oh. Entomologist Neil L. Evan Huss named a species of villafly in 1993. The name he selected was Villa Manilli. Uh, I'm sure he was in no way influenced by the name of the pop music duo Millie Vanilli, who won a Grammy in 1990, which was then res- rescinded because they were lip syncing. So, my, Nancy, did I you know, know that one?
2: I didn't actually know that one, so sure. I'm glad you got it. Yes! <laughs> oh, all right. Fantastic!
0: All right. So, so Nancy, you are up. Here's your first one: "Avada Kedavra."
2: Uh, that is a Harry Potter spell.
0: Damn it. See, I should have given that one to Mike. I had to keep it random. I knew he wouldn't know that one. <laughs> you are correct. You're very good, Nancy. You know you, you know your Potter. You know your Harry Potter. All right. Very good. Mike. Yo. Yeah, yeah, I should have made you go second. Damn it. I knew you wouldn't anyway. All right, so Mike, here's here's your next bug, or not a bug. Uh okay. here's to you. Here's to you. What? Here's to you.
1: Uh, could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> what are you like me spell it? Too? Ah, fuck. I got bit by a here's to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, uh, maybe. No, no. No. Well, sure. How
1: about I a spelling? For real. How about a spelling?
0: Okay. H-E-E-R-Z-T-O-O-Y-A.
1: Here's oh, yeah, it's to you. A, it's, it's got a Z in it. Definitely a bug. Definitely a bug. Okay. Yeah.
0: You are correct. Here's is a genus of parasitic moth found in Mexico. Here's to you was first described by Paul Marsh in 1993. And I looked it up. That's exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced.
2: Yeah. Entomologists are pretty funny. We like we like jokes. (laughs) And and
1: (laughs) look, you're a great bunch.
2: What can I say? I mean, you study bugs and you have to have a sense of humor. Great swarm of guys. You we are. love it. like the thing that everyone else in the world hates. So I mean, you you just have to have a sense of humor, I guess.
1: Right. right. Listen, I don't hate. I I do have a fascination with all these things. It's just, uh, I I I you know not in my back or front or side yard. So.
0: All right. All right, Nancy. Let's see. Here's your next one. It's you betcha bagali! is the name of this bug Can I have a spelling? <laughs> e-u-b-e-t-i-a-b-i-g-a-u-l-a-e you betcha by golly
2: hmm. oh boy
1: that's a good one
2: yeah oh boy Oh, the pressure, the pressure. I guess it doesn't actually really matter. The, the points are made up and the rules don't matter. That's, that's exactly right. Very
0: good. Hey, you uh, played. Here.
1: Yes.
2: That's a bug. That's a bug? Oh.
0: You betcha by golly is a moth from the family, I ah, forget it, the species pronounced you betcha by golly. For that, we can thank Smithsonian entomologist John Brown, who discovered the species in Venezuela in 1999. You betcha by golly. You betcha by golly. <laughs> I guess
2: mm. you know, like these old timey entomologists that actually name things right. seriously, but, like this new generation of like.
1: Mm
2: hmm.
1: Boating the bug face.
2: Do you know why <laughs> this happened though? Because Nobody... like, when studies come out and say, like, oh, a new mammal was found, like it gets so much press regardless of what it's called. But no one really cares about bugs. So you mm-hmm. have to name it something funny or something weird. So then it hits the press and then like people care, basically. So that's why. That's why they have
0: these weird names. I'll buy that. All right, yeah, I believe it. All right, so uh where are we? We're with uh Weird Mike, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um this one is Vespula Materiu. Vespula you
1: No, you got that from Princess Vespa. No, not a bug.
0: Okay? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yep, sorry. Sorry, sorry. You're correct. It is not a bug. But it has nothing to do with Vespa from um, from no, uh, no. Uh, Spaceballs. Oh. It's uh Vespula is actually a wasp, right? It's a type of it's it's a uh, it's a name for a wasp. Uh, and I it, <laughs> uh I made it up out of whole cloth. I just said, you know, I looked at what's scientific name for a wasp and there was Vespula. i was like, what can I do with that? So uh, that's yeah. I just made it up. Okay. All right, fantastic, good, good call. All right, I love it when I'm
1: right for the wrong reasons. Yes, <laughs> it's always the best. The All right,
0: Nancy, here's your next one. Uh, piss on you, piss on you.
2: Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna go with not a bug on that one.
0: Not a bug on that one. Are you sure?
2: I guess so. Okay. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Uh, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold Minky was responsible for naming the Central American wasp called Piss um, on you in nineteen eighty eight. It's P I S O N
2: E
1: U. Um,
2: oh, I see. I was like, I was like, how did they get that to go through? But if they spell it weird like that, yeah, I guess so.
1: Wow. So that's like the pissing cockroach. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god. All right.
0: All right. Mike?
1: Yes. Mike?
0: Uh, yours is Trombicula Fujigamo.
1: Um, could you say <laughs> that?
0: Trombicula Fujigamo. <laughs> Two,
1: Two more times backwards.
2: <laughs> no. It'll probably sound the same, to be honest.
0: Right. Now, did I did I make a name that sounded kind of serious? Fujigamo. I, did <laughs> I didn't do anything I- funny with this one. I don't know. I,
1: I'm gonna need you to just try that one more time.
0: Trambicula. Trambicula! Mm. Fujimo. Fujimo. Oh Fuji. Or Fuji
1: GMO. Trumb- oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh I'm not even gonna ask how it's spelled, but I'm 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 gonna say that it's a bug.
0: That's correct. Wow. Nice guess. But what makes this one interesting is that ch- it's a chigger and the chigger is named is an acronym for the military slang for and it's F-U-J-I-G-M-O. Fuck you, Jack. I got my orders. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm totally serious. That's... <laughs> wow. I feel
2: like I should look up more book names. I can't yeah. say that's not the I do very often.
1: All well, right. uh, you know what? I don't either. It doesn't seem to have a bearing on how I'm doing either. So, yeah, right. <laughs>
0: all, right. all right. Here's the last You're one, Nancy. Here's the last one. Polmistus. I think it's P-O-L-E-M-I-S-T-U-S. Polmistus. Spock.
2: Yeah, I think
0: that was a bug. Oh, oh, sorry. I. It is a play. I did play on a real one though. Uh, However, uh, it's it's fake, but however, there are three species of Apoid wasps that are named Polmistus Chewbacca, Polmistus Vaderi, Mm -hmm. and Polmistus Yoda, renowned entomologist and Star Wars fan Arnold S. Minky, our boy Minky, gave the first first two of those names in 1983. And P. Yoda was named by fellow entomologist Charles Vincent in the same year.
2: Really, no one, no one did Star Trek. ever I don't think so. <laughs> so I, I, sad. I, yeah.
0: So, I was, yeah, I would have thought you'd have more. I was like, uh, I knew
2: there was a, I knew there was a Chewbacca one. So I was like, oh, yeah. of course, that yeah. means someone would name would just keep going. Apparently, right, apparently right. not.
0: I'm wow. trying to switch it up.
2: Star Trek fans are just, just sad. It is a sad day for them. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, it is. So
1: <laughs> basically, I've just basically done better than. Um, chance because that's all yeah. i did
0: yeah you just guessed you just huh. guessed but you know what you did this you got to win mike rarely gets to win nancy I, I rarely don't. gets to win I, hey I, how
1: how embarrassing for me
0: sunshines <laughs> the sun shines on that larvae every once in a while right
2: Uh oh. I would just like to defend myself and say there are 1.2 million described insect species. So I didn't have a much better chance than chance either. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Like you said, the rules are completely made up. The points don't don't matter. You're right. It really doesn't Uh, matter.
1: Well, I'd I'd like to thank the the Academy and all the bugs at sea your mom <laughs> and my mom yes for freezing all those poor moths
0: oh God, david says piss in me is a kinky bug from asia <laughs> paul noon said hey it's a golden showers beetle <laughs> oh, <there it laughs> the room's on fire look out oh, all right there,
2: there's a fly named after beyonce and i forget what bug it is but it has the name bazinga from big bang theory <laughs> nice. as well oh,
0: that's and there's nuts. a schwarzenegger beetle right I'm I sure. Think so. I think there's really a, cool.
2: there's a moth named after Trump as well. Cause he has like fluff on the top of his head. That oh, looks yeah, like yeah. his hair. Is
0: that the one <laughs> oh. that if you touch it, it'll, like hurt you or is that the,
1: that's a different one? Uh,
2: So the, the moth actually has the like Trump in It's what's called the species name is called specific epithet. Um, and that one's a different species. However, the common name for the flannel moth caterpillars is also called the Trump caterpillar and okay. they kill you in Ecuador. So, or can, so don't oh, touch them. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. Don't so you touch the like, fluffy caterpillars. So you can be Yeah, up. no, everyone's like, aren't you afraid of the spiders, the bullet ants, like, et cetera? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna slip and like put my hand on a tree, and there's gonna be like some crazy venomous caterpillar, and it's just gonna hurt.
1: <laughs> that's that would have been a good game in retrospect, because that's what we do here: is have great ideas after the fact. Yeah. Is is this a bug that can kill you or not kill you?
2: <laughs> there you? we go. Well, we just have to have him back then, so I can redeem myself at the game. That yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> you
1: will back. I will make that game, and you will play against Peter.
2: Right. Excellent, <laughs> uh, Nancy.
1: You're always welcome back. Great
0: guest. I'm so yeah. glad you came it back on. So
2: much. It was so I was, fun. I was we so covered- happy
0: when you when you replied and you were like, "Yeah, I definitely love to do." I was like, "Yay!" So,
1: so,
2: yeah, no, I I love
1: this. <laughs> we covered Good. most of what we wanted to cover, but we definitely would love to cover more. Um, and uh, for anyone else, we didn't get a chance to discuss all of the cute bugs. So in in the show notes. Uh, I will put a link to um, just. I mean, there are several of these, you know, sites the that panda
2: be... ant is definitely one people should look up.
1: Okay. Panda
0: ant. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's not actually an ant; it's a wingless wasp, but it, it looks like a panda. It's
1: okay. Cute. And also, I'll, I'll have a link to the. the is this one site that has a whole listing of like a bunch of uh, really and they are. I mean, you know, cute as far as bugs can be cute. So adorable. A uh, uh, totes adorbs. <laughs>
0: all right everybody let's do it let's do the thing all right everybody make sure plug. can you do Is a
2: that... shameless
1: plug can i yeah, do a shameless absolutely.
2: plug oh, please plug,
1: away. plug so, away
2: on tuesdays and fridays on my periscope channel which streams directly to my twitter i do live videos about bugs and ecuador so if you like this kind of thing you don't have to be sad to see me go you can watch me every tuesday and every friday
0: please do oh. that's uh, I, I think I found you on you. I think I found you on YouTube, your YouTube channel, I believe. Again, so we I mean, found you.
1: Is your YouTube channel Cybugs, did we say?
2: It is. um But I do the live streaming on Periscope, which okay. is. Um, That'll be on Twitter. Yeah. So okay. it streams directly to my Twitter and then you can click on it. And then Periscope's like, do you want to follow this Periscope person? And my Periscope's the exact same as my Twitter. So it doesn't doesn't really matter. The only okay. thing is if you watch in the Periscope app, then you can like comment and stuff. If you just watch from Twitter, then you just watch me talk
1: so periscope has its own
0: app yeah yeah oh it started out that way and i think twitter absorbed them i believe yeah Yeah.
2: and then yeah okay so
1: now and then do you then post them to youtube after the fact
2: i don't they actually just live on periscope okay all right
1: oh god more social usually what happens is
2: like i i will like research something and then do the periscope live and then if i like that topic then i'll make like a nice edited video to put on youtube okay
0: Okay. and that's you said
2: again that was tuesdays and fridays fridays at what time uh fridays it's at 4 p.m est and on tuesdays it's at 1 p.m but like the tuesday one's a little bit spotty because sometimes i'm traveling and then i'm like i'm like in the middle of nowhere i can't but i usually in my apartment on fridays so i almost always get i almost always do the periscope on fridays
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. And, and yeah. from the videos I've seen, sometimes you like you've got bugs, and sometimes they're on your face, and sometimes <laughs> you're holding them, and they're like crawling around, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and jumping so everywhere, yeah. Right, right. Good. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic. All right, Nancy. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Make sure you check thank out Sidebugs.info and uh, follow her on Twitter at Cybugs and on Instagram Side.Bugs, and of course Periscript, as we just talked about. But unfortunately, we always hate to go. Uh, our guests, we we could talk to our guests for hours, and we used to, Mike, until people mm. were like, "Can you shorten this goddamn thing?" Too up? long. <laughs> we need
2: to eat. We need to use the bathroom.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, until next time, you just enjoyed another awesome episode of the Mythwits, and this one, Mike, this one was oh. really awesome. If you don't have time for videos, make sure to subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcatcher so you can just listen. Uh, Do a like, follow, subscribe thing wherever it's appropriate. And make sure to share your favorite episode on the social medias, any one of them, to help spread Mythwits' love over the entire planet. Uh, Tweet us at Mythwits and check out Mythwits.com. Mythwits is produced by Aetherforge Creations as part of the TSR Podcast Network. A lot of good shows on that network, Mike. A lot of them, like uh, Wargaming Recon. We did some stuff with Game School this past weekend. Uh, game Society. Chad's been kicking out episodes lately. He had a little break there, but he's doing it again. Uh, anyway, check out TSRPN.com and AetherForge.com for more cool stuff. Mythwits is a Creative Commons product. Like and share it in all the places. Just don't edit it, don't sell it, and don't freeze it in carbonite and try to sell it to a crime boss. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Tell your friends to tune in. And until next week, Mike.
1: Anthony T. Hanks said, A forest's beauty lies with its inhabitants. Agreed. Very good. Good statement. Good statement. All right. Ciao.